In a world where best laid plans go astray, there are two separate but equally important groups. Those who create history with their stupidity and the shit show podcast that covers them. These are their stories. Hello and welcome to Shit Show. Oh my god, how somber is that? (laughs) Someone died? (laughs) No, I'm just... Are you about to tell me something? Fucking exhausted. (laughs) Oh god. We're only two eps. In. Oh, actually, this is the first 40 seconds of the second hit <laughs> back after hiatus. Wow. You look like shit. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I've really been relying on uh, on Red Bull, but it's it's not working. I think just years and years of putting my body through the absolute ringer <laughs> and burning the candle at both ends <laughs> means my internal organs finally reflect my exterior appearance <laughs> and are aged AF. How hairy is your liver? Oh. <laughs> It's basically just a uh, large fur-lined sack, <laughs> <laughs> like every bag in Scotland. <laughs> but you know that uh, that list of Hunter S. Thompson's day that starts like, with like the like the drug diary. Yeah, Is that where he's like, wake up, take mescaline. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mid- midday, five lines of coke. Yeah, uh, go to the pub, have lunch. More coke, yeah, ketamine, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I'm at with caffeine now. <laughs> <laughs> like five p.m., it just goes. Hunter is ready to write. Yeah, that's me in the morning. You are basically an old Italian man in Leica. <laughs> Seventeen coffees a day. Ah, uh, but we're back. All right, we are. Welcome to Shit Show, your weekly podcast oh. <laughs> where we cover <laughs> we cover oh. history's greatest. Or our most infamous dumpster fires and when the rails uh, and wheels really come off men oh, events. Man. <laughs> the rails come off. Shit. Wow. <laughs> anyway, you're here because you want to hear lols. <laughs> so w- welcome to Banterville because I am the mayor currently and this is running on the sweat of an oily rag and the smell as well. And I am the dead man that is going to beat you in the mayoral race. <laughs> Call me dead, Chuck. Old yeller. <laughs> anyway, so this week, uh, Rick has the segments. Then I'm chiming in with a plat de jour, if you will. So before we kick off into the first segment, which is train wreck trophy, because I'm a regularly functioning man oh. running off very little sleep, but I don't forget the stings because only an idiot would do that. Play the train wreck trophy sting. This is what I get for being a good friend. I, spo- I said to you right before we started recording, do not forget the stings. Do not make the same mistakes that I have made. Gentle listeners, please know that Rig is a known liar. And he said <laughs> nothing of the sort. In fact, this entire time he's been trying to distract me with flashcards of sleep, <laughs> which is sort of working. I also told you to think of running water and you said that's the wrong thing. <laughs> You'll find out just how apt that is later in the podcast. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> train wreck trophy, kick it off. All right, mate. So, first train wreck. So, there you are, a 12 year old kid doing your homework. You can feel yourself nodding off. Actually, you don't even need to be a 12 year old kid. It's you right now. Fantastic. But you're a 12 year old kid doing your homework. You can feel yourself nodding off. What do you do to combat the drowsiness, Gus? If this is another one of those 
Chinese kid crams 50 balls into his penis. I don't think we can handle it. What do you do to combat the drowsiness? Uh, as a 12-year-old, oh, you can't really get access to caffeine. I assume you... Uh, it's it's like the old slap yourself awake. Uh, well, ki- well, yeah, I mean, kids are dumb. So yeah. think think like a kid for a moment. Ooh. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to cut straight to the pass and uh, <laughs> find out what the answer is. All right, fair enough. It's not the way that you thought it was going. Where it's, it actu- it's not balls in the penis. Where it actually went is... A four-inch needle up the dick hole. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We're back in China where there are no PlayStations and obviously no coffee. A teen was sent to hospital 15 hours after inserting the four-inch needle into his dick hole when his mother noticed him walking like Kaiser Soze in The Usual Suspects. (laughs) I want to make it very clear to anyone that's just tuned in. Firstly, don't. (laughs) (laughs) Secondly... (laughs) This is a recurring theme. It is a recurring theme. Rig- it's a recurring Chinese theme. <laughs> Rig- I don't can't know. stop, won't oh stop God. with Chinese kids putting stuff in their dicks for fun. But it just keeps coming up. Like, if Trump can berate Sweden, surely he can sit down China for a chat and say, <laughs> right, I can send you some PlayStations because this whole insert <laughs> fucked up thing up the dick hole thing is not normal. I reckon it'd go the other way. If Trump finds out that there's a possibility that putting things in your dick is great, then <laughs> that's the end for him. How do we stem China's influence? <laughs> Send them like foreign aid dropped from planes, weird needles <laughs> and 75 millimetre balls. Oh my God. And 75 and millimetres? <laughs> you psychopaths. <laughs> That's seven and a half centimetres. That's like a shot put. (laughs) What is wrong with you? (laughs) We're just going to drop it all over China like foreign aid. (laughs) That's not foreign aid. That's bombing a whole country. (laughs) That's dropping mortar shells from the sky. The whole male population will be defenceless. The city is defenceless. And they they will (laughs) do nothing besides cram weird (laughs) objects up their dick holes. So your solution for keeping the kids of China occupied is an act of war. (laughs) It's dropping seven centimetre diameter solid metal balls from the sky. (laughs) Cool work, UNICEF. (laughs) Cool work. Thank me when we're buying all of their houses. Mm, Wow, (laughs) just got that one out. (laughs) Doctors had to perform a two-hour surgery to get it out. Amazing. (laughs) <laughs> that was it. That was. Do you know why? I, I I actually I wouldn't have been alerted to this if not for good friend of the show and known shit stirrer Michael Murray. Oh, perfect. Thanks, Buzz. <laughs> also, totally not sure why you were looking that up in the first place. He works for Transport New South Wales. Of course, he was looking up weird <laughs> bullshit on the work <laughs> internet. Can't when trace me when it's four fifty nine. Pens down. <laughs> There's only so much YouTube and news.com.au articles you can watch. Yeah, the government never investigates itself. No. Known fact. <laughs> so that is train wreck number one. Train wreck number two. I think you'll agree that some people are incredibly petty. <laughs> that is something that we can come to the party on. We, we can come to the party on, absolutely. But I think this takes the cake. So Thomas Roy Gurno. Oh, <laughs> what is that name? I assume it could, be, it could be Gorno. It, it's French. It's G-O-U-R-N-E-A-U. Now, if it's, if it's Gurno, as, as in your mate who takes too many fucking pills at a festival, yeah, that's just Gurno, triple dumped at 8 a.m., ready for, for DJ Scranus to take the stage. 
TRG, saw the dogs coming, took it all, <laughs> scarfed them. <laughs> <laughs> that was for all of us, TRG. Oh, Gerno, Gerno definitely shelves. <laughs> he shelves big time at Gunfest. Oh, wow. So, anyway, uh, Thomas Roy Gerno has been harassing his former girlfriend's ex-husband. How petty, How far does your pettiness need to go for <laughs> you to harass the ex-husband of a woman you're not seeing anymore? Yeah, you've got to have really decided that everything in your life is great and the <laughs> only thing going wrong is cold pasta. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. you've got to start taking on ex-girlfriends, ex-husbands. If this guy is at the def- dictionary definition of a winner, I don't know what is. Surely the ex-husband of your ex-girlfriend is your ally. You would it's think like so, enemy right? Of like, my enemy. Yeah, she <laughs> she ruined us both, right? Like there's gonna be a country song written about it. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, yeah, it's it's so petty that that he's done this, but he sends this guy a chocolate dick with a note <laughs> <laughs> with a note with a note that simply says, Eat a dick. Yeah, sure. So not not even not even the cryptic way that we use it on Facebook, <laughs> E A D, just spelled it all out for this guy. Would literally <laughs> eat a dick. <laughs> is this is this in English or did he go no, the, no, no, go the French no. route? <laughs> Mon jafali. <laughs> is that real? Well, the first two words are. I don't know what the French word for dick is. <laughs> but that's right. So he sends his chocolate dick with the note that says "Eat a dick." The recipient, Tracy Chance, is a cop. Oh no! They go through their systems, find out it is Gurno with relative ease. <laughs> He's a known dick sender. And he's now looking at $2,000 in fines <laughs> and six months in prison. <laughs> this would be a great precedent if every guy who sends a dick pic, whether it's his or a chocolate one, <laughs> risks a $2,000 fine that, and prison. That should be how it goes. It because should, yeah. Every female listener of this show slash every female member of the world that is yeah. over 18 can vouch for having been sent a picture of a guy's dick. Yeah. And it is a fucked up trend. Guys, weird. stop being the worst. They are Stop no- sending unsolicited pics of your dick to people. They are not flowers. <laughs> Women will not be surprised and delighted when they see it. It's literally the ugliest part of a human body. <laughs> so, it looks like a naked mole rat. <laughs> and why would any woman be like, nice. That's what I want to see today. Your your whole fucking day is my whole day is ruined if I see a dick. Totally, it's a, <laughs> you have one <laughs> so one. regularly. Your day, every day I take a piss, shot. my day is ruined from the start. <laughs> You're at the very top of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck another ruined day. Thanks a lot, dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so but <laughs> one of the best parts of this is that. Gurno's lawyer uh, has been speaking to the press, being like, this is the dumbest case ever. <laughs> it's not actually his lawyer, surely. He, com- he comes out and basically says, this wouldn't even be a thing if the guy, like the recipient, wasn't in law enforcement, which I agree with. Yeah, that's fair. He probably just walked over to someone's desk and got a detective on the case, is what he said. And I kind of get his point. And he's also leaning into the ridiculous nature of the whole case ahead of the court date, which is upcoming, saying, quote, was it the size of it? Was it that it was chocolate and he prefers vanilla? <laughs> I don't know, but he will get to tell the jury all about it and explain <laughs> to them why he feels like this is a crime. 
<laughs> this guy is <laughs> definitely made for TV. I know. He's he's <laughs> the sort he's the sort of lawyer that you need in front of cameras. I literally, when I thought of this guy, I thought like bleach blonde <laughs> hair, like powder <laughs> powder blue suit, and like piano key veneers. <laughs> Just shining in the Malibu sun. <laughs> what, like Rob Kardashian meets uh, Better Call Saul? No, like the Bonds guy. <laughs> if he had really bad plastic surgery done oh, to his face. Jeez. Okay, when's that? When's the court date, by the way? Pass. I don't. <laughs> I did not. I did not write. Why? Why does that matter? Because I want to follow this. Well, <laughs> I, well, you can follow it. Simply enter chocolate dick. I'm sure nothing <laughs> weird will come up. So that goodbye is tro- browser. <laughs> goodbye marriage. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye wife. Uh, all right, and number three. So. <laughs> This one fell into my lap today, Ooh, so to speak. And if it's it, another chocolate dick, this is amazing. No, no, no. This is just amazing. Came in at the death. Here we go. So th- we're in the Northern Territory. Oh, good. So acting director general of licensing sent the letter. Sent a letter to retailers li- uh, late last week, stating that if a vendor wants to send or sell any product over fifty mil that contains one point one five percent ethyl alcohol will require a liquor license. <laughs> oh, hold on. So <laughs> That's a lot of products. <laughs> yes, it is, Gus. <laughs> products that include soy sauce, teriyaki <laughs> sauces and marinades, <laughs> cough syrup, mouthwash, nail polish remover and vanilla essence. Can I just butt in and say that this sounds like an average night at St. John's <laughs> College? <laughs> <laughs> few upturned chairs. Yeah. Set a couch on fire, have a shampoo daiquiri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that has to be the name of my next band. <laughs> shampoo daiquiri. My God. So <laughs> they, they actually said in the article, there would be a crisis meeting today, quote, between key soy sauce stakeholders <laughs> <laughs> to discuss the condiment's future in the NT. Oh. The whole thing, the whole article... Made me piss myself because it reads like a game of Mad Libs where people have just thrown soy sauce into an otherwise legitimate sentence. <laughs> it cracked me up so much that I made a quick game out of it. I want you to tell me of these following quotes. What is a legitimate line from this story? Go. Quote, it is government policy to support soy sauce. End quote. Not that. It is from the article. <laughs> what? Next quote. That doesn't even make sense. Next quote. Quote, now this is the now this is not the end of soy sauce. It is not even the beginning of the end for soy sauce, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. End quote. Not a quote. That is Churchill. Well done. <laughs> quote. I would not want to see any relaxation of the law prohibiting soy sauce. End quote. Surely not a quote. It is not a quote. It's Tony Abbott. Yes! <laughs> Quote, in terms of soy sauce, common sense will prevail. End quote. I'll run with my standard line for this. Not a quote. Is a quote. Fuck. (laughs) Two from four. Not bad. But also, the ones that were quotes were as bizarre as the ones that were not. Exactly why I made this amazing game. Your point is made crystal clear. Oh, it's so good. And so... They're actually, and I'm not even kidding, this crisis meeting is, is happening as we speak. So it's it's all happening at the moment in the NT. <laughs> and to those of see you... See you in the <laughs> NT. 
<laughs> I'm glad that they took a quick day out of Crockwatch <laughs> to do a bit of soy sauce update. Actually, just as a quick aside, they actually said also that once this thing comes into effect, anyone who is selling any of those products will be in violation of the NT Liquor Act. Oh, so that is, is supermarkets, re- like gas stations, yeah. like the whole lot. So pharmacies, like they'd all be in contravention of this act, which is just bizarre. Jeez, you'd be pissed if you're running a Chinese restaurant in a <laughs> country town and you're already like, great. Uh, what do you mean we can't use soy sauce? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people would be super pissed other than realising that they ended up in a country town in rural New South <laughs> Wales. Yikes. All right, so we've got our train wrecks. We've I, got I just want to quickly make sure that you know where the Northern Territory is yep. and that it's not part of New South Wales. No, I know, but I'm just saying there is a Chinese restaurant in every, every possible country town. Country town. Yeah. Why did you leave the bright lights of <laughs> Shanghai <laughs> to open up the worst or the second best restaurant in Dubbo? I'm gonna stop I just you. want I, to know. I, I'm going to stop you right there. I guarantee that uh, a lot of the Chinese restaurants are not being run by people who move here to run a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> they, they are doctors and lawyers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we, as a bastard country, have refused to recognise their qualifications. <laughs> so they're forced into the most racist <laughs> version of Australia. Cool. You're not like us, so run a restaurant. <laughs> so fucked. Also, the stuff that you eat day-to-day back home, too much for us. Yeah, exactly. Make it white. Just make, make the you, Western you, version of Asian I, cuisine. I need you to make a schnitzel with lemon sauce on it. <laughs> Ugh, all right. right. So we've got our three train wrecks there. We've got 12-year-old Chinese kid meets four-inch needle up the dick hole. Oh, <laughs> so much. <laughs> we've, got, we've got the chocolate dick sender. <laughs> and we've got the state of the Northern Territory. Well, the territory of the Northern Territory banning anything with over 1.15% of alcohol in it. (laughs) Strong week. Yeah, very, very strong. Very even. Yeah, very even. Uh, I'm going to choose to weigh up these options as the following. (laughs) The first one is your idea to drop 75 millimetre balls (laughs) out of the sky on China. (laughs) The second one, the possibility that every dick pic is met with a $2,000 fine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and the third, how racist is Australia? Why are we making every Chinese doctor who moves here run a restaurant? This has gone from train wreck trophy to us solving the world's problems. <laughs> One shot put dropped out of a Boeing at a time. <laughs> I choose to go the best solution to the most pressing problem at the moment is a $2,000 fine for a dick pic. <laughs> so the chocolate dick. Chocolate dick. Chocolate dick is the winner of this week's train wreck trophy. Play the sound. You suck! All righty. Which uh, means that we move directly on to the people segment. The favourite segment. Like wow. the, the prodigal son yep. segment of the show. Which is, of course, One Star Reservoir. Rick has gone through the internet and... Uh, begrudgingly and increasingly difficultly uh, found three, maybe two, possibly one very long one-star review (laughs) of something anywhere ever. Beauty. So play the sting. I want to take you to a one-star. I want to take you to a one-star. I want to take you to a one-star, one-star reservoir. What? Quote, oh dear, <laughs> quote by the Gus Bus on the last episode. There are only two stings, you fucking idiot. 
Now who is the card-carrying moron with the red face (laughs) and just the largest amount of baggage under the eyes? (laughs) That was bad. Oh, it was real bad. (laughs) That was was an Acme uh, Looney Tunes-style wall that I just hit. Anyway, so it is One Star Reservoir. What do you got for us? All right, so this first one, it's local. Fantastic. North Melbourne. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Well-to-do. Yeah, absolutely. My family and I stayed in this place on Alfred Street and we checked in at about 3pm. We knew something was wrong when we went into the shower and something brown came out of the drain. (laughs) I used the water to push it back down the drain, but it just kept coming. The smell was unbearable (laughs) and unlike anything that I've ever smelled. (laughs) Turns out it was sewage. Oh, I thought it was going to be a chocolate dick. (laughs) Turns out it was sewage. The SAS had to come. <laughs> we went outside and there were... Oh, hold on. The SES. Oh, SAS, I guess. <laughs> Not the British Special <laughs> Service. The Pal- paramilitary force, yeah. <laughs> I assume she means SES. Yeah. The SES had arrived and there were fire trucks everywhere. There were hundreds of people standing outside and we found out... <laughs> we, f- we found out that multiple levels had been flooded with raw sewage, including the adult learning centre on the bottom. <laughs> the emergency workers dubbed it a Poonami. <laughs> and that is a one-star oh, no. reservoir version of Poos in the News. Horrible. Yes. This is yuck. I funneled it into a one-star <laughs> reservoir. <laughs> yes. Play the sting. Who can it be now? Who can it be? I, once again, trusted you and you have (laughs) thrown that trust right down the shit-covered drain. Do you know why I know that that went really well? Is because I got to the end before you realised. Unfucking believable Uh, Also, how is it that the SES are basically the same level of pun as the headline writers for the Daily Telegraph? Well, well, it was both of those things. It was a headline in the age, obviously, because you've got to start (laughs) off strong. But the emergency workers actually did come up with that. That's great. So good, really good by them. But oh. that's but that's actually the, the the whole way that I framed that is exactly what happened. Family of four, they interviewed uh, in, with the age, and they were saying, yeah, basically this had happened, and it was all coming out of the drain, <laughs> and they had to get an industrial sized vacuum, like the, the SES guys, <laughs> to try to suck up everything that was coming through. But what kept pushing it through was that everyone in the actual building was still just going about their business. So they had to jump on the emergency system and say, (laughs) (laughs) and and this is is a quote, stop doing wheeze and poos, please. (laughs) And so that's that's exactly what happened. It kept pushing it through. So they evacuated essentially everyone. Yeah, they they had to do a poo essay. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow. The uh, the other thing is that I prefer it when it was the SAS, just thinking about the paramilitary fighting a shit monster, <laughs> busting down the door. It was actually it was actually caused by a tree root, so underground, like with the As piping. In a, a burst, burst yeah, drain. Yeah, like a bur- burst the drain. Uh, probably, you know, not, probably not the first time that a root is going to end up with a heap of shit. 
horrible. <laughs> you are gross. <laughs> <laughs> also, I apologise on behalf of Rick. <laughs> you, you know who they should... <laughs> you don't speak for me. <laughs> You're my real dad. Uh, you know who they should have called... Chris Barker, Plumber at the Stars. He would have got. <laughs> he would have been all over this. <laughs> Chris Barker plumbing. Every time you take a shit, you're putting food into his family's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Love he's, it. He's exactly the plumber they needed on this. Absolutely. All right, I'll jump straight into what uh, what actually is One Star Reservoir. So One Star, the food isn't very good. Delivery times are atrocious, and the owner is very unprofessional and treats employees and customers poorly. He will harass you on social media and call you names if you dare criticise the business. I bet that I'll get a reply from him on my review calling me a loser. Just wait. <laughs> reply from the owner. <laughs> yes, Shannon, you have and will always fall into the loser category. <laughs> we just came off of a record-breaking day, week and month. Ha, ha, ha. Thanks for the love. Eat a fat dick. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this guy was the guy that sent the chocolate dick. 100%. He's, and by record week, he means he's getting a $2,000 fine. Yeah. Uh, tell me that the guy making that review is long-time listener, long-time pest, Shannon Ponsford. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He wouldn't complain. He would be the one that was writing back. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the second one. Title, Where Nightmares Are Made. It's been almost a year and I still have nightmares about this place. It was dirty. Even the front lobby was disgustingly dirty. We stayed up on the 10th floor. I thought the elevator was going to fall the whole ride up. <laughs> it was a small, crowded, rickety, junk bucket elevator. Then we get to the room. The locks hardly work. There were two twin beds and the entire place was very old and looked absolutely filthy. Matted, dirty carpeting, scuffed walls and dusty curtains. Neither my boyfriend nor I felt comfortable walking around barefoot, not even on the beds. We slept on top <laughs> of the sheets on the bed furthest from the door. The bathroom was disgusting as well. It had that scary, haunted look. <laughs> the toilet did not flush and the shower head did not work unless you call droplets of water slowly dripping out working and on top of that the shower drain was clogged and the worst part we locked ourselves out of the room on our way out for the night so when we returned we asked for the front desk we asked the front desk for a set of spare keys to the room why would you want to go back in which they gave to us <laughs> why in the love of god which they would you want back into this hellhole <laughs> which they gave to us without checking your ids or verifying that we were even in that room <laughs> so in essence anyone could walk up to the front desk and get a key to any room and break in yeah really safe in the future i'd rather pay more for safety and cleanliness a Motel 6 or other motel equivalents would have seemed like a palace in heaven compared to this place. <laughs> if you can only afford a two-star motel and you rock up and say, what the fuck is this? I expected the Hilton. It's on you. <laughs> oh, and there are so many of those people. Unbelievably I, 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 go, I always go through hotel reviews before I stay anywhere and I only look at two things. Five-star reviews and one-star one reviews. reviews. Because I have to make sure that they are actually legitimate. Because sometimes people are fucking insane and they just go in there and they're just like, yes, didn't expect it. I booked it because of the price and the location, but it was awful. And you look at the place, it's like three stars. <laughs> it's like, what did you expect? <laughs> manager's response. And the best is for these one and two star shitholes. Yeah. The management response is, I don't know what you expect. You paid $6 <laughs> a night. Yeah. It's like, fair. Yeah. So fair. Absolutely also, fair. I'm not copping shit on this from someone that says... We couldn't even walk on the beds. Why the fuck are you walking <laughs> on the beds, you absolute <laughs> psycho? You <laughs> got a better chance of walking on sunshine. <laughs> right, so here's the final one. Headline, worst place ever. Good. We will never stay there again. The room was dirty. There was piss and ants everywhere. 
The floors are not vacuumed. The air conditioning didn't work. It was 108 degrees outside. The bathroom was dirty. And when we called to change rooms, they never called back. So I walked down to the desk. And as I was there, <laughs> there was a woman outside one of the rooms shooting up with a needle in her doorway and a drug deal going on in the parking lot. And I didn't see any security anywhere. Got a different room and it was cleaner but very noisy and loud. People were partying in the yard and it had their clothes hanging on the trees. Not a safe place and me and my family will never stay here again. I do not recommend this place. Again, <laughs> that is on you. That is on you because surely a place that has drug deals, a woman shooting up and people with their clothes in trees, <laughs> that is not a one-time thing if that all happens in one night. No, it also sounds suspiciously like uh, she wandered into someone's backyard because if they are hanging clothes on trees and they're shooting up drugs in the privacy of their own home. Yeah. <laughs> They've booked an Airbnb not private room. Yeah. Why would you ever take your family to anything like that? No, no, you were good. <laughs> that's that's it. If, if you can only afford a two-star motel, why would you take your family there? Yeah. Just don't go there. Save up. Yeah. Don't put them in a heroin den. <laughs> if you think of taking your family out on a budget... Don't. Don't. <laughs> you can't stay home. <laughs> right, so that is One Star Reservoir for yet another week, which means that we head on to the meatier portion, the plat du jour, which is the shit show story time. And Gus, what have you got for us this week, my friend? Alrighty, we are going back. Way I'm not, back. I'm, I'm not going to bite on this because heaps, I feel like far you, back. you are setting me up to fail. Nah, we Way going, far back, yeah. 1960. Welcome to the future, a.k.a. the distant past. We are in 1546. Oh, my God. I'm back. Are you okay? Way back. I no, feel I'm like you're walking. <laughs> I am like, in a like fever when, dream. Like <laughs> I don't even know where I am. You I are, think it's the Dark Ages, maybe the Middle Ages. You, I'm you, not sure. You are 11 from Stranger Things <laughs> in that weird dark place <laughs> where nothing happens. I just discovered a Walmart and my clothes are bizarre. <laughs> you only eat Egos. All right. I'm Drink gonna, Red Bull. <laughs> I'm going to introduce you to a young man by the name of Tycho Brahe. Oh, Tycho Brahe? <laughs> Tycho Brahe. Yeah, the Danish guy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, Tycho Brah. <laughs> who sounds, Tycho Brah? Tycho Brah, who sounds like the sort of kid that comes out of the womb with a neck tat. <laughs> <laughs> and for the rest of the story, despite it being clearly Danish and being Tycho Brahe, it's going to be Tycho Brah. <laughs> T. Brazzle. <laughs> the inventor of... No ragrets. <laughs> my brother's keeper. Tycho Brah, <laughs> the inventor of the uh, mechanical futuristic undergarment, the Tycho Brah, <laughs> available at a Strathfield car radio yeah. near you. <laughs> it sounds like they only make women's clothes and trucks. <laughs> so you've heard of Tycho Brahe before? I have, but only in passing. Fan I think he's an astronomer or something. Fantastic. So uh, he was born in the December of 1546. Yep. Uh, he was one. So of how is his story in 1545? What? You said we're going back to 1545. I didn't. Don't make me rewind the tape. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. So he was born into a noble family. Uh, his uh, he was a twin. Uh, his twin brother uh, died, so his brother's dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> Every time you do this. It is so funny. It's like you're just on a treadmill. You're just getting used to the pace and, you, and just nonchalantly. Anyway, his brother's dead. 
Uh, that's the way it is. I feel like in 1546, the fact that his twin brother did not survive <laughs> should come as no surprise to fuck it anybody. Oh, mum turned to dad and went, hey, one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> this so- is 16th century Denmark. Uh, well, <laughs> he, he was the eldest of 12. <laughs> <laughs> Small family in 12 out of 13 is really good. It's amazing. Uh, so that makes him the sole heir to his family's fortune. And oh, they man, that's were fucked. rich AF. <laughs> How would you feel being number two? <laughs> so bad. Holy shit. The, just the patriarchy <laughs> in 1546. Oh it's like, great, through nothing that you've done, you get everything. <laughs> fuck you, second kid. <laughs> and you'll get nothing and be fuck happy you, for it. <laughs> fuck you, kids, two through 11. <laughs> also, especially all the daughters. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> nothing for you. No dice. Get a husband. Find a rich man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. ASAP. You are 11. So you'd think that being the heir to a very, very large Danish fortune yep. would be a good thing for a kid. <laughs> yeah. Until you find out that his brother has a... Uh, his father's brother. The alive brother. <laughs> his father's brother, aka his uncle, uncle, is in a childless marriage. Are you... Is this Hamlet? Holy <laughs> fuck, you are. We're coming back to that. <laughs> so, so his uncle is in a, a, a marriage that reaps no children. Yep. And so somehow at a dinner party, his uncle uh, probably started in passing at the as like a joke over a few drinks. It's like, oh, you got so many, so many kids, you could probably spare one. And then by the end of the night, it's like, give me your fucking son! <laughs> Oh, what? So his uncle purchases him. What? And his dad The says, oldest purchases the oldest. He purchases the so eldest. The, so the eldest has everything coming to him yeah. and gets sold. He gets sold to his uncle and his family seems totally fine with it. You so, know, so it's so instead, the mother and father are just like, here, take my son. My <laughs> <laughs> son. <laughs> and, and you know who's really reaping the benefits here? Number Second. two. Second. <laughs> <laughs> he's all of a sudden in the box seat. <laughs> he's just done a Bradbury, come from nowhere, and has one hand on the cup. He's <laughs> going, thanks for coming, Takabra. <laughs> you tattooed fuck. <laughs> anyway, so Tycho lives with Uncle Jorgen. <laughs> <laughs> and because it's 1546, <laughs> fuck all is written about explaining how his uncle purchased him. Yeah, I why know. his family was like, sweet, <laughs> sweet take the eldest. We've got 11 others. I mean, this is long before PlayStations, right? So <laughs> <laughs> Totally. But then there's this, uh, this entire stream of history that's like, oh, no, no, no. His uncle just kidnapped him after a dinner party. <laughs> so <laughs> you decide. It was it <laughs> little was little from column A, little from column B. <laughs> it, it was Denmark. Anyway, whatever the reason, Tycho's father eventually came to some kind of agreement with his uncle, and the boy fondly recalls that his uncle generously provided for him and always treated him like a son, which is what you'd hope from a man who purchased you, <laughs> as opposed to my father who treated me like a son. <laughs> Yeah, so until his 18th year, uh, and, and also he, so he becomes the sole heir to his uncle's right. fortune, right. which is as large as his own dad's. Right, okay. So not a bad trade, theoretically, for his original dad, because then two sons both get heaps of cash. I mean, yeah, I guess so. It, it might have been a financial thing, or his uncle kidnapped him at a dinner party. <laughs> 
<laughs> Who can really tell? <laughs> Who can? So he's when he's 13, uh, he's sent by his uncle to study law at the University of Copenhagen. As we all have. <laughs> Isn't that, My, that just that, the that tried and true tale? Relatable. Just teenager <laughs> things. <laughs> Mum and dad sent me to law school at 13. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? Yeah, legit. I, I mean, but by that point, he's old. He's an old man. Yeah. He's living, lived half his life. <laughs> Absolutely. It's dog years. Uh, so, in 1560, so he's what, 14? Yep. Uh, he witnesses an event that changes his life forever. He sees a total solar eclipse. Yep. At this point in history, people were flipping out about astronomy because the entire history of astronomy yep. was written in 154 AD. Right. And people 1,500 years later were like, yeah, that's still it. <laughs> you think about 1,500 fucking years, Rick, wow. and what happens in that time, and they were still rolling off the back of stuff that was written in the second century. And they still got a banging song out of it by Bonnie <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> Original lyrics by Taco Brahe. <laughs> Taco bra! <laughs> You'll catch him at Gunfest. <laughs> so it's astronomy was kind of somewhere between science and superstition, and astronomers were considered to be really uh, mystical, powerful people because they were interpreting the stars, and uh, people were like starting to get a little bit of that, there might be other shit out there. So this was this was before the great schism between astronomy and astrology. <laughs> one is legitimate, the other one is in the Sunday paper. Are you talking about that great scientist, Fat Man Scoop? <laughs> What's your zodiac sign? <laughs> I'm talking about Jonathan Kainer, <laughs> astrologer <laughs> to the masses. So, yeah, when the, uh, the sun disappears behind the moon in 1560, people fucking lose it. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> including, it gone. Including Tycho, who just starts laying down verse after verse. <laughs> Dro <laughs> dropping beats on the people. <laughs> Absolute fucking bangers. <laughs> so, for some people... Once upon a time, there was love in my life. <laughs> now, there's only love in the dark. <laughs> By me... Tico bruh! <laughs> <laughs> the best is that it only would have lasted about 15 minutes. <laughs> so you just see these people who are like, it's the end, and start setting fire to everything. <laughs> 15 minutes later, ah, oh, shit. I, oh. need, I needed that bed and that kid. I <laughs> have <laughs> 12 more, it's fine. <laughs> so for some, the announcement of the eclipse was a signal to panic, and in France, people flocked by their dozens to make confessions to priests. Which just gives you an idea of where science and the yeah. public understanding of it was at. For Tycho, however, it was the point in his life that said, you have a higher cause to answer to. He then says, great, I'll still study law, but hides from his uncle and his family that at night he was studying astronomy. So he's doing... Worse than prostitution <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> it's the, like You're doing what at night? <laughs> Going onto street corners, looking at the stars, <laughs> you absolute whore. <laughs> so he starts purchasing um, astronomical instruments and uh, reading books, etc. Yeah, bones up really fucking quick on the stars. Yeah, mostly because it was about fifteen pages to that point. <laughs> so he read it in an hour. More of a pamphlet. <laughs> it was a brochure on the heavens. 
<laughs> so you want to study the stars? <laughs> Some blokes just handing it out on the street. <laughs> well, considering that the... Want to know about the stars? Got those little tear-off things on telegraph poles? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'm not kidding. The stuff that they were using as the basis was written by Ptolemy in 150 AD. Oh, my God. You know that a bloke is old when he's got one name like Seal. (laughs) (laughs) It's the land before surnames. (laughs) When there were so few people that no two people had the same first name. It would have been the same thing when people got telephones. (laughs) Hello, you've reached one. (laughs) Yeah. Have you heard of Ptolemy? Yep. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Same. Anyway, I'm going back to my home to play with young boys because it's 150 AD in Greece. (laughs) All right. So, (laughs) Tycho's basically gone. This all seems to be a little outdated (laughs) and spends the entire decade between, between 1560 and 1570 uh, still studying at the uni of Copenhagen. (laughs) Then... Leipzig, Wittenberg, Rostock, Basel. <laughs> Sorry. <and> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Leipzig. What? There you go. Yeah, there we go. We're there. Uh, Basel and... Uh, Basel. Or- Basel. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Basel, yeah. Basel. Um, and <laughs> what are the other ones? Augsburg. Augsburg. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and what... If, what? Tell me Snorri them again. Snorri <laughs> <laughs> Tell me them again. Okay. Leipzig. Yep. Wittenberg. Nice. Rostock. Yep. Basel. <laughs> Basel, yeah. And Augsburg. Augsburg. All right. Yeah. Oh, um, but how he managed to convince his uncle that somehow he'd done so bad at law that he'd spent 15 years at uni because he still <laughs> didn't tell him that he was studying astronomy yet. <laughs> but also, please keep me in your will. I'm good. <laughs> I'm a legend. Trust me. Um and he accumulates this massive wealth of knowledge about maths and astronomy and keeps buying scientific instruments because he's rich AF yeah. and somehow just keeps getting money out of his uncle. Then in 1566, he has gets into an argument because, because Tycho is a fiery little bastard. <laughs> and Comes and with a nectar. <laughs> don't, don't believe for one second that just because he's an uh, astronomy nerd that he can't throw down with the best of them. <laughs> Gets into a fight with his second cousin uh, about an um, astronomical prediction which escalated, as it does in the 1500s, into a violent sword duel. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly one of the most 16th century things. (laughs) They were literally at a dinner party, couldn't agree on it because there was no Google or (laughs) also they had no functioning ability for rhetoric. Went outside, had a sword fight in the dark and his cousin chops off his nose. (laughs) How bad is that? That's like when your parents come out, you've been wrestling with your cousin, and all of a sudden they're like, ah, oh, boys will be, oh, my God! His nose is gone! Oh, my son is Voldemort! My son! My son is Voldemort! So he who should not be named. So he does... Take-o! <laughs> So he does what any self-respecting nobleman would do. He buys a gold nose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Is this a fucking James Bond movie? It's the man with the golden nose. It's the 16th century version of a rapper's grill. (laughs) 
Taco bra. <laughs> Gold nose. <laughs> and it spins. <laughs> so, yeah. so But apparently he had a heap of different noses. He had like formal noses, <laughs> oh, casual noses. <laughs> Seriously. He had walking noses. And everyday weather nose. Novelty noses. <laughs> of course, the Groucho. Yeah. He didn't know who the fuck Groucho Marx was. But somehow <laughs> he had a set of glasses Just attached to a mustachioed <laughs> schnoz. A duck bill. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> but also, he attached these things by uh, applying some kind of weird glue to his <laughs> stump and then <laughs> ramming the prosthetic nose on there, which I assume looked about as convincing <laughs> as someone that's decided, cool, uh, just broke this ancient artifact, so I'll just <laughs> stick it on with clag. <laughs> it's that Spanish woman's monkey painting of Jesus. <laughs> All right, so he goes back to Denmark about 1570, has to explain to his uncle that, uh, yes, while studying law, he also (laughs) has a master's degree in astronomy or the equivalent and lost his nose (laughs) in a sword fight with his cousin. (laughs) Bet that was a sick homecoming. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, son. Hello, faux pas. I love how you went faux pas and faux pas is actually a thing. It's the best. Um, All right. So he builds himself an observatory in a former monastery, which is what you do when you've got just bucket loads of cash. Hell yeah. Hey, monks, fuck off. (laughs) I'm turning this into a stargazing tomb. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because one of his relatives had bought it. I assume the sword-wielding, nose-stealing fuck of a cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling a wee bit guilty. (laughs) So... 1572, he's staring up at the stars through, I assume, a primitive telescope. Yep. And all of a sudden, he realises that <laughs> there is something that's shining brighter than Venus and changes in his... Like, he makes the biggest as- astronomical discovery in history to that point. Right. Which leads him to understanding that uh, the solar system isn't made up of, like, celestial plates. Like, for example, they thought that every planet was a... Con- like a contained thing. Right. So that like, like tectonic plates. Yeah, exactly. Right. So they, they didn't move. Right. They didn't understand that things were revolutionary. They just thought it was the sun. Oh, so they thought it was a painting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> they thought just the sun moved and everything else stayed still. So he started to realise that, no, it's more like everything is moving at, uh, in different speeds, etc., which is fucking huge yeah. for the 1500s. <laughs> Uh, also, if you're oh, that's li- very interesting. <laughs> Burn him at the stake. <laughs> if, if you're listening to this and you have studied astronomy and you're a scientist and I'm wrong, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's got heaps of knowledge and a fake nose. <laughs> I'll carry on. Uh, yeah. So fr- from there, he starts publishing uh, some findings, but also by publish, I mean wrote shitloads of books and was really suspicious of everybody, so never released any of it. He hoarded wow. all of this knowledge and hired this uh, this assistant. This Isn't that how the saying goes? If you accumulate knowledge, share it with no one. <laughs> Keep it to yourself <laughs> and your 15 cats. <laughs> well, it's amazing you should mention that because he hires an assistant called Johannes Kepler who immediately realises this is the most bizarre internship <laughs> in history. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where it's time to introduce the fact that he is super tight with the king of Denmark, who fucking loves astronomy. This is Hamlet. 
and thinks that the, this guy's the second coming. So he becomes the uh, the major. He gets introduced to him because his uh, birth father rescues the king from drowning. And wow! The, yeah, which is huge. That's uh, which that, is in the air tonight by Phil Collins. Completely. What is happening? Completely. Everything comes back. Every piece of literature, song, and history <laughs> comes back to this one story, and I'll explain <laughs> that it's later. The progenitor of everything. It's insane. It's our one common ancestor. Yeah, definitely. Taco <laughs> Brohim. <laughs> so his uh, his father introduced him to the king. The king is all about astronomy, as I mentioned. And he becomes all about Tycho because <laughs> Tycho's got a cool gold nose and <laughs> is telling him stuff that nobody else knows. Yeah. So he goes, this is, this is insane. You're the official astronomer of the court. Uh, let's make sure that you get everything that you want. Uh, what do you need? You tell me, I'll make it happen. Tycho says, I really need you to build me a giant observatory on an island. And the king says, oh, is that all? <laughs> <laughs> kicks a shitload of people off an island and builds him an observatory which cost 1% of the total wealth of Denmark at the time. Oh, my God. It was called Uraniborg, which, if you've listened to last episode, I think is the name of that snake that spent heaps too much time <laughs> next to uranium. <laughs> I am Uraniborg. I will destroy all of Metropolis. But also... But not now, because I'm in the middle of just a really pleasant picnic. I am hyper positive. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the king's just uh, just all about it. Just keeps getting all of these updates from him, etc. And uh, Tycho's personal life all of a sudden becomes one of those things where he is living on the best wicket going. Oh, yeah. He's got this sick island... It's starting to sound a bit like a villain's lair, hence it's called Uraniborg. <laughs> he kicked a shitload of other people off it. The king's his best mate, and he's got this weird intern who's like, shit, now I'm on the in interior of this monologue. <laughs> uh, then he makes the mistake of marrying a peasant. Big, big issue in noble families. Yeah. However, the king says, don't sweat it. I'll allow I've, it. I've got a mistress too. <laughs> You're all good, just we'll call it not a marriage and then you can keep all of your land, deeds and title, but any of the kids you have with her, they don't have rights to shit. <laughs> and so Tycho says, fuck, this is a great deal. Thanks, King. <laughs> Which I assume is how he referred to him. Yeah. Cheers, King. <laughs> Cheers, King. Uh, his wife... Went okay. I guess this is the best that we're gonna get. <laughs> and they had eight kids, which was a small family. <laughs> <laughs> this bit marked the start of Tycho. <laughs> eight kids. Do you hate sex? <laughs> oh my god. Just Jesus. Fuck once in a while. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he then jumps the shark and goes. Well, I'm a really weird a astronomer dad now, and I live on an island <laughs> with my servant and my wife, who apparently doesn't exist, to the church. <laughs> so, you know what I've got to do? I've got to get myself a court jester who is <laughs> a, a dwarf <laughs> named Jep. <laughs> and I'm going to tell him. <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody who'll listen that Jep here has psychic powers. <laughs> No, I just, I just, I found the name for my second album, <laughs> a dwarf named Jep. 
Oh, I, my God. I assume he learnt from his uncle that you can purchase humans, so he went, I'll take the small one, come oh. with me. So, the yeah, the track list is just shaping up to be absolute fire. Shampoo Daiquiri, <laughs> number one. A dwarf named Jep, number two. <laughs> Jep the Jester, the Je- psychic. Geranaborg. <laughs> it's so good. So he's got he's got Jep. Uh, <laughs> I got you, Jep. <laughs> and Jep is only at the dinner table. So he's got his wife and all of his kids. They all eat at the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> Jep the psychic dwarf <laughs> is only allowed <laughs> inside the dining room under the table. <laughs> Not kidding. Jep had to live oh under the God. table during meals. Oh, what? And you, I don't want to know, but oh. I, I assume the worst. Oh. Uh, then it, it gets weirder because... <laughs> Because Tycho says, you know what every great rapper slash psycho has? A cool endangered animal pet. Oh, wow. (laughs) Gets himself a pet elk. What? (laughs) Yeah. He just has this elk that lives in the house with him. Oh, wow. This elk happens to be a super piss wreck. (laughs) (laughs) He introduces him to booze really early. Oh, my God. Him and Mango, Mango. King of the Pickles monkey... (laughs) Would have hit it off. So, this tell me, tell me it's port that this elk is drinking. <laughs> no, it's straight up Danish beer. Oh, so yes. He's at the dinner table. It's Tycho. Why don't they put Mrs. that on the Tycho? Si- <laughs> Eight offspring of Tycho. A dwarf under the table <laughs> blowing Tycho. And an elk who's allowed to sit at the table drinking piss. Oh, my God. This what is a bi- bizarre family. If anyone is listening, from the Carlsberg Brewery, you have missed so many marketing opportunities. It's insane. Oh it is absolutely God. insane. And so he's so into this elk and, uh, and just creates this, this entire human persona for the elk. Uh, so, and <laughs> I'm not kidding. And when I say the elk was really into booze, it's not like a novelty. The elk was a dead set piss wreck. <laughs> So <laughs> he was regularly drunk, really piss fit, and <laughs> and Tycho wow. one day uh, was talking to an astronomer at a dinner party, and the guy's asking him about some fabled super animal that uh, that was supposed to be faster than a cheetah and as big as a bear. It turned out that was bullshit. <laughs> However, Tycho goes, "Yeah, I don't know anything about that, but I can send over my prized pet elk if you want." He loves to get on the lash. <laughs> and this guy goes, cool, I'm having a dinner party. He can be the guest of honour. So somehow, and again, I guess Liberty's been taken with history, but this elk is sent as a guest to a dinner party. <laughs> the elk rocks up. Are you on the list? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Come on in. I'm sorry I didn't realise you were there. Uh, he, he comes in. I assume is the life of the party, drinks a shitload of beer, goes upstairs to take a piss, falls down the stairs and dies. (laughs) (laughs) So Tycho died doing what he loved. (laughs) Tycho finds out that the elk that he'd given a human persona died drunk falling down the (laughs) stairs of a dinner party and went, sweet, (laughs) that's really sick. (laughs) What a fucking legend. (laughs) Where the fuck were you on that one, Jeb? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why you, didn't you tell me this would happen? You, you had one job. All right. So then 
unfortunately, the king dies. This harks back to all the conversations we've had about what happens during royal demise, and it's usually that some incredibly ill-equipped kid becomes king. Yeah. This is no different. Amazing. His son, King Christian IV, is only 11 at the time. But because Denmark are heaps smarter than everybody else ever, they go way too young. Come back to us when you're 19. In the interim, the whole kingdom will be governed by a triumvirate. A drunken elk. (laughs) (laughs) King Jeff. King Jeff. A psychic, the, uh, the eight-year reign. He knows what's going to happen. Of King he Jeff. knows what's going to happen. We'll be fine. He slept his way to the top. <laughs> so <He's> le- <laughs> that's how Game of Thrones should have should have ended. Not Bran the Broken <laughs> to rule the Seven Kingdoms. Jeff the Psychic Dwarf. <laughs> so the problem here is that uh, Tycho is hated by this kid. <laughs> Fucking hated by him. You know why? Because he didn't like his beard or some other juvenile bullshit? No. Really, really significant reason. Because Tycho was fucking his mum. Okay. Tycho was having an affair straight after the king's death with the queen. So, like, how am I going to endear myself to the new king? I've got an idea. Rude his mum will be sweet. (laughs) Yeah, he was so confident (laughs) that he was just that that far into the king's favour. That he was like, yeah, cool. No, <laughs> Is that be good. far into the king's favour? <laughs> Why the not queen? go that far into the queen? Right. So the prince eventually becomes the king at age 19 and swiftly decides that it is time for Tycho to not be an astronomer for the court anymore. When he can <laughs> finally make that of his own hands, goes, fuck you, mate. You're the worst. What? But did Tycho just be like, fine, but I will not stop fucking your mum? <laughs> And it goes from endearing himself to the king to just open defiance. (laughs) Pretty much. So what does this story sound like? Hamlet. It is Hamlet. (laughs) Tycho Brah is the inspiration. Are you fucking kidding? I am dead set. How about Rig City from downtown? It's insane. You call it the very beginning. Holy shit. The story of Hamlet. He is the protagonist that causes all of this bullshit. Yep. Yeah. Wow. 100%. I cannot believe that. It's mental. Anyway, uh, but obviously he doesn't kill the king, uh, but the prince is pretty convinced that he pretty much did by just sleeping with his (laughs) mum in the interim. So he goes into exile. He has to, Tycho has to flee Denmark in 1597, settles in Prague, and Emperor Rudolf II he loves astronomy, so we're back in. We're back in. He's back. <laughs> He's back, baby. Yep, it's him, his wife, who seems to have totally overlooked the fact that he basically just went and fucked the queen, <laughs> his eight kids, and his dwarf, Jep, who still lives under the table. <laughs> Do you reckon it's one of those things where, you know, like if you're in a couple and one of you gets business class and you're like, well, I've, I've got to do this, right? Is it the same <laughs> thing when you're, when you're fucking the queen? It's like, look, honey, the queen is into me. I mean, I have to do this, right? I mean, it's the queen. I have to fuck the queen, right? You'd assume that there was some kind... Like, the version of 1597 Swingers was probably about as close as they got. He's like, you can fuck Jep. (laughs) (laughs) I'll fuck the queen, you fuck (laughs) Jep. There we go. (laughs) All done. (laughs) She's like, this is the shittest deal ever. (laughs) 
<laughs> Jeb, Jeb's, Jeb's under the table giving her weird shuckers and going, <laughs> you will enjoy sleeping with me. <laughs> so, anyway, Tycho by this point, is 54. It's 1601. So he's made it through to a new century. Yeah. How good. Not how good, because Tycho is a totally eccentric bastard. <laughs> he goes to a dinner party in his adopted city, a banquet in 1601, and he drinks a shitload of beer. Yeah. There's an etiquette whereby you don't leave the table during a banquet because it's very offensive to your host. Right. It happens to be that his host, or the, the banquet in question, goes for nine hours. <laughs> <laughs> he has so pre- a short banquet there. <laughs> he pre-games in the Europe. fuck out of it. And from there, effectively goes, uh, doesn't go to the toilet, holds his piss, then develops some kind of strange uremia and dies. What? Yeah. He dies from holding his piss. No way. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. 11 <laughs> days after this banquet, he dies. Or did he die from that? <laughs> I'm going to pose he, a question is, to is, you. Is he now Rasputin? <laughs> he's he's el- back he's from Elvis. the dead. <laughs> so there's two other possibilities here. Conspiracy theory one. <laughs> I love this. They found a lot of mercury in his body Poison. during autopsy. Yeah. Was he poisoned by the king of Denmark? Right. Over here? Yep. But the, So the other thing that I remember, because this came up in a previous thing that I did, apparently people used to use mercury like fucking mouthwash back Exa- then. Exactly. And, uh, and this is where it all gets a little bit blurred. Because it depends on where the mercury is and the level, because they've tried to do an autopsy on him in 1901 and they still yeah. didn't have the science. Then they exhumed him again in 2010 to see how that body was going <laughs> and went, oh, <laughs> Tycho, <laughs> doesn't look so good. <laughs> Not looking too shit hot here. Yeah, and we're surprised that the uh, advances in DNA evidence <laughs> that had only recently allowed those five kids in Central Park to walk free <laughs> could not uh, successfully identify a 500-year-old corpse. <laughs> so it's not a corpse anymore, it's just bones. It's just bones yeah. um, it, and hair follicles. Anyway, oh, wow. so the, the other one, and the one which I believe is that he was murdered by his assistant and long-suffering intern, Johannes Kepler, because guess what happens here? All of the info that he'd been hoarding that Tycho had written down in annals, pages, books, all of a sudden, Kepler, straight after Tycho's death, went, print. He sent it all to print. Send it to print. (laughs) And people went, wow, this Kepler guy is a fucking genius. No. Yeah, 100%. Wow. Johannes Kepler is accredited with being the greatest astronomical mind. No way. In history, greater than Galileo, greater than any of the rest of them, and also the reason that Newton was able to come up with uh, the, the concept of gravity. <laughs> like, this guy went fucking ham on it. And, and the reason comes down to this one fact. And <laughs> here's a quote from him, from Kepler. I quickly took advantage of the absence or lack of circumspection of the heirs by taking the observations under my care or perhaps usurping them. So he didn't even, he didn't even contradict himself. He was just like, yeah, 
I could have done it. Yep. He was the OJ Simpson of the day. Totally. Hiding in plain sight. If I did it. Yeah, exactly. So then it comes back to this uh, to this final thing of the theory of his death and of Tycho's death is that because he refused to release the information and Kepler was like, mate, you're a genius. Let's just get this stuff out there and work with other astronomers. And Tycho was, was like, you fuck off. <laughs> I'll, I'll print it when I'm good and ready. I'm finished having a sesh with my elk getting blown by my dwarf. <laughs> you, you fuck off, Kepler. <laughs> Hands off my ship. And Kepler went, Get off my dick. <laughs> Consider that he hired Kepler in 1570. In 1601, Kepler was like, Fuck this. <laughs> it's been 31 years. You absolute fuckwit. <laughs> Enjoy this mercury. En- enjoy hell, you fucking bastard. Yep. And so the, then to add insult to injury, years and years later, if you go to Denmark now, there are lots and lots of different statues that have next to each other, emblazoned in bronze, Johannes Kepler right next to the man he murdered, Tycho Brahe. <laughs> <laughs> that is the story of Tycho Brahe. That is beautiful. I love that, mate. How <laughs> bloody good. I was just looking up uh, when Hamlet was written. So when did Tycho, Tycho die? Uh, he died in 1601. They reckon it was written in 1599 to 1601. Bang. And published in 1603. How good. Wow. So do you reckon he knew knew about it? 100%. Have you ever been to Denmark? Never. Everybody knows everybody. (laughs) (laughs) It is a a small Australian country town. (laughs) Completely. And everybody is just going... Yeah, they'd be all up in their in each other's business for sure. Yeah, yeah, and a, and out. and also it's just one of those things of the the new king, the child king would have told fucking everybody. Oh yeah, he he would have been like, yeah, I'm exiling this guy because uh, he seduced my uh, mother through false pretenses and had an affair with her while my father was alive, and they they would have gone, yep, well you're the king, so cool. We believe you. Whatever you say, buddy. And, it, and when, he, when he backed it up by going, and they said, oh, who are you talking about? And he said, Tycho Brahe, the guy who has a drunk elk and a pet dwarf. <laughs> they would have gone, cool. Yep. That sounds <laughs> legit. Sorry, which Tycho is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, that was immense. Ugh. So that is us for another week. But uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell the good people how to get in touch with us. You would. Because you're the only one that remembers it. Exactly right. And I do it each and every (laughs) single week. You're welcome, by the way. (laughs) So if you want to get in touch with us, please give us a follow on Instagram at G-U-S-A-N-D-R-I-G, Gus and Riggs. Send through any sort of funny stuff that you reckon would fit the show. Just send us a slide into our DMs. And if you want to get in touch through Facebook, just look up Shit Show, all one word. You can find us there. Give us a like. Give us a message. It'll be sweet. If you have something meatier, send us an email, shitshow.au at gmail.com. We always love to hear your stories. And you know what? If you could, uh, We haven't done this in a while, but uh, if you're listening through iTunes, if you mm. could do us a massive favour, if you could give us a rating on, uh, on iTunes, that would be very much appreciated. It lets other people know about the show. So when you go to them and talk about a psychic dwarf sucking off an astronomer in 16th century Denmark, people don't look at you like you're a fucking psychopath and they can laugh together with you instead. Absolutely. People of Copenhagen, put down your bikes and coffees, you absolute fucks. 
<laughs> Come and like us. Five stars. It's your history, not ours. We're just here to tell it. That's so good. Well, I've got to go and get my pet elk drunk <laughs> and fuck the queen. <laughs> I've got to go draw a Uraniborg. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> <laughs>